0: And welcome back to Local News Live. Hey, everybody, Mike Bell here. Right now, we're going to talk about a couple of different things. One, we're going to talk a little bit about pest control when it comes to agriculture, farming, and of course, ranching as well, which I hope you find as interesting as I do. I used to cover agriculture a lot when I worked for newspapers in Nebraska and in Southwest Iowa. But also, I'm going to speak with Well, uh, same topic as before, but I'm going to speak with Brad Easterling. He's an extension agent, manager of pest control when it comes to several counties in Texas. So we're going to talk to him about that and also about daylight saving time, not savings. As you can see from this graphic behind me, there's no plural. I learned that the hard way through this interview. It's daylight saving, not savings. So how does going back an hour, going forth an hour, kind of affect farmers and ranchers in the 48 of the 50 states that observe daylight saving? Let's find out. Hey, everyone. Mike Bell here with Local News Live. I'm being joined by Brad Easterling. He is a, uh, let's see here, extension agent for Integrated Pest Management with the Texas A&M Extension Office overlooking Glasscock, Reagan, and Upton counties in Texas. Brad, thanks for taking the time to join me. How are you? I'm
1: doing just fine. How are you?
0: I'm doing all right. So wanted to talk to you a little bit about Daylight Savings. It's coming up here pretty soon. And I'm trying to reach out to a number of different people in agriculture from across the country. And so I know that Texas, like Nebraska, we do observe Daylight Savings here and down there as well so first off tell me a little bit about what you do for the extension office and um, basically how things are going right now in your neck of the woods Uh,
1: well my particular job is what you said integrated pest management uh, IPM so we focus on um, working with growers uh, in my areas primarily cotton and uh, it's overall pest management. Insects, weeds, diseases, um, we scout, we monitor for them. We uh, use best management practices and um, economic thresholds in order to determine when the optimum time would be to treat for these various pests out in the field. Uh, We try to uh, prevent going out and spraying any type of chemicals unless it's economically feasible for the producer to have to make any kind of uh, treatment out there. We want to you know, try to prevent putting out any more pesticides than they would absolutely have to, uh, one for the environment um, and also due to just strictly economics. We don't want to spend any money when we don't have to. We also want to prevent uh, making an application and flaring up another pest that's out there. We don't want to uh, flare or destroy all of our beneficial insects out there. We also try to use the, what we consider softest chemicals that we can, ones that aren't as harsh and will also protect our beneficial insects that are out in the field so that the beneficials are able to try and control other pests that may be out there in the field. Um, Same thing with our herbicides. We try to use um, targeted herbicides for the pests that are out there. Um, Also, you know, try not to uh, destroy any of the crop. Also trying to educate producers on proper application techniques as far as the right nozzles, um, ground speed, pressure, avoid uh, drift, volatilization, not getting onto their neighbors out there or potentially any homeowners, things of that nature. So uh, just the most judicial and economic means of applying any pesticides and the minimum amount of pesticides at any particular
0: time. Right. So. From basically everything I just gleaned from what you uh, gave, very thorough answer, by the way, uh, everything you just told me, it's a lot more complicated than just going out and, you know, hosing things down with uh, bug spray, from what I understand, because again, like you said, there's a delicate kind of balance, you want to suppress or kill off the populations of the nasty stuff, you want the beneficial insects, the kind that like help aerate the earth and... I assume possibly nitrogen levels and watershed also comes into play because you're using these pesticides and what like you said, soft chemicals. You don't want this stuff messing with the crops and the other species of bugs and everything like that as well. So sounds a lot exactly. more complicated than I thought it would be. So that's really fascinating stuff. And I think you and I might have to have another discussion sometime about that and how that's impacting agriculture in your area. Like I'm sure it does pretty much everywhere else. But we want to talk real quick about uh, uh, daylight savings because that's coming up. So you work in agriculture. How has daylight savings kind of impacted positive or negative uh, uh, farming and stuff that you've seen in your area?
1: Um, You know, it's got a few effects or impacts for our guys. Um, You know, it's kind of interesting when you think about Daylight savings time, the general media, they always say the farmers are the reason we have daylight savings time. And it's really not accurate. Uh, When it first came out, the farmers were actually against it. It was more of a federal policy. Um, They instituted it back around World War One. And it was a a cost savings measure is the reason they did it. uh, Energy saving measure. Um, They revoked it after World War One and then reinstituted it during World War Two. And then over the years there's been various modifications to that program uh, extended months to it and different states have come in come out and then now it's just a federal regulation but the farmers were originally against it Um, even today a lot of farmers or most farmers aren't big fans of it Um, you know there's a a few benefits i guess as far as able to work a little bit later in the evening when we've got longer days Um, That would be primarily as far as like actual manual labor out in the field, Um, you know, if you're trying to build fence, you can work a little bit later uh, working on, say, irrigation equipment or having to dig some ditches in the fields, things of that nature, Um, you know, there's probably a lot more drawbacks to it, Um, you know, number one being like loss of sleep. (laughs) You know, everybody's got to adjust to new sleep patterns. Right. Uh, right. You almost get a, a feeling like jet lag for for quite some time as you're trying to adjust these new sleep patterns. Um, livestock can be a big, um, can be affected quite a little bit through the time change. You know, livestock, just like people, get into a pattern and they're used to the same activities every day. Um, when you get up in the morning and you go out and you feed cattle, they are used to being Fed at the same time every day. Um, And it doesn't matter if it's a commercial cattle herd, um, if you're in a feed yard, if it's kids feeding 4 H projects, they're used to being fed at the same time every day. Um, You know, they may be used to dairy cattle, may be used to being milked at the same time every day. If you're working cattle, processing cattle, which doesn't happen daily, but still they're used to being handled the same time every day all of a sudden you change this process up on them and they can be stressed so you know this is just kind of a negative um, aspect to it you know from for the most part you know in the grand scheme of things it's not going to affect them a whole lot Um, you know farmers still don't like changes in their schedules as well a lot most all of your farmers are going to be early birds they don't like the fact that they've got to get up and it's extremely dark and it's gonna be darker for a longer period of time when you're talking about getting up at five o'clock in the morning and they're losing that early morning sunlight. So that's gonna be a drawback to them, especially when they got to work, you know, with flashlights and lanterns and headlights and things like that. Um, Nowadays, with the amount of equipment we've got and we've got outstanding lights on everything, uh, when you go out and we've got GPS and we've got RTK on all of our tractors, on spray rigs, cotton strippers, combines, you know, we work all night long. So, you know, when it comes to planting time, harvest time, they're going to work day and night until the job's done. So it doesn't matter if we've got daylight savings time. If we've left an hour forward or an hour behind, they're still going to work sun up to sundown, whether it's before or after and all night long until the job's done. So that part's not gonna affect them. So for the grand scheme of things, they're gonna work regardless, but most of them would probably rather do without it.
0: Right, right. It sounds like it's just, uh, as you said, kind of a a unnecessary complication when it comes to uh, already very tough job, that it means a lot of long hours and late nights and early mornings in the first place, on top of taking care of uh, 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 cattle, and pretty much any kind of uh, uh animal as you said they like having a schedule just like we humans like having a schedule so brad i pre- i really do appreciate the uh chance to talk to you about this i've already learned far more about pest control and about daylight savings than i thought i would uh if people want to learn more information about what you do and uh what the extension office does uh where can they go what would be a good website
1: Uh, Our county website is glasscock.tamu.org. And our uh, pest management website is tpma.org.
0: All right. All right. Well, thank you again. All right. Thank you. All right, so thank you again, Brad, of course, for taking the time to talk to me, Brad, with uh, Extension Agent for Texas a and about daylight saving and of course about a little bit of uh, pest control. And I do mean it, I found that far more fascinating than I did about the uh, whole talk of daylight saving. So hopefully I get to t- talk to Brad again sometime about some of the more interesting facets of his job, his career.